So uh, welcome everyone. It's Trans Tuesday, our favorite night of the week. Um, my name is Linda Ann and I'll be your host tonight. Um, I'll be um, kind of leading the discussion of our book club and the book is It Never Goes Away, Gender Transition at a Mature Age, written by Dr. Ann Koch. Um, before we get started, I wanted to introduce my fellow sisters who are with me on uh, Zoom currently. So again, I'm Linda Ann, and I'll just kind of go around the, the way I see you on the screen. So uh, when I introduce or name you, if you could just give a little wave so everybody knows who you are and say a quick hi, and then I'll go around and then we'll talk about the participants who are joining us via Facebook. Uh, Georgette? Hi. Yeah. Um, Bronwyn? Hello. Maggie? Hello. All right. And Miranda? Hey there. Okay, well, you have a virtual wave, so we, we, we see you. <laughs> um, and um, many of you may be uh, participating via Facebook Live. We want to welcome you as well. Um, Bronwyn, uh, wave again, Bronwyn, our um, Santa there, um, will be assisting me with those of you who are on Facebook. Um, since we can't see you, we, we still want to hear your input on the book. So. Brown will be assisting me watching the Facebook chat. So as we discuss the book, if you have a pertinent uh, comment or a question, or you think it would add to the discussion, please enter it into the Facebook chat. Periodically, we'll take a little break, um, check to see what the messages are. If something's really, you know, Bronwyn feels it's really important to that particular moment, she'll interrupt and we wanna make sure everybody's heard whether you're on screen via Zoom or participating by Facebook Live. Um, I wanna take a minute. Some of you may be joining us for the first time ever. We have people joining my phone and heart all the time. So we, first we want to welcome you. And then just wanted to have a few comments. My Feminine Heart is a membership club. As you may know, we are a private online community. Um, we have a, a big presence on Facebook, but we also do live events such as this book club. Um, and we'll talk more about some other live events coming up at the end of the discussion tonight. Um, and um, what we do is we help transform transgender females' lives through sisterhood, much like this, just sharing with each other. You know, it, it's something about being a, in a bond with your fellow sisters. It really means a lot. And we're now global. We have sisters throughout the world. Can somebody mute? Okay, thank you. Um, so um, as I was saying, we're now global. We're, we have sisters all around the world, which has been fantastic. So uh, um, if, if you're on Zoom, you, you can't listen to Facebook Live at the same time. If that's what was causing that, it, it'll, it'll goof us up. So um, you can watch, but don't listen if you're on Zoom. Um, so. Um, tonight, we'll get started with some of our comments, and I thought I would just start off with um, something that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, the book talks about transitioning at an older age. I'm in my early 60s. I read this book uh, pre-transition and found it very interesting, and it helped 
me think of things that I hadn't thought about. I also read it a few weeks ago, preparing for tonight, post-transition, and I looked at it through a different lens. So I think the book has a lot to offer and you know, hopefully we'll have a good discussion, whether you're thinking about transition, have ne never thought about it, have transitioned, whatever, I'm hoping we can get a good discussion. So one of the things Annie said in the book was that transitioning was harder later in life. I think her point was you have friends that you've known your entire life, friends, family, coworkers, they've known you for 30, 40, 50 years. And that made it more difficult for her to transition because it was, she at least felt it would be harder for them to, um, you know, accept the new person, Annie. Whereas her thoughts were if she had transitioned at 20, let's say that you're still developing friends at that age and presumably they would only know the new you. So I'd just like to get people's thoughts about that. Do you agree with her statement or? Or, you know, just want to get some some thoughts on that, because that's really what the book's about is transitioning at an older age. Well, I have to agree. Um, first of all, I'd like to say I wish and wish in a lot of ways I had had a chance to read this book before I transitioned, because just like you, I found some of the questions that were really uh, or the points that she made were relevant, but they were a little bit too late. Uh, I already made that decision. Um, but I, and I also wish that, uh, um, I, I think many of us, you know, wish we could have turned the clocks back and transitioned <laughs> at a much earlier age. I think, you know, we, we have to even wonder what could we have accomplished? How different would we have been? What would our lives have been like if we had been able to be our true selves so much earlier in life? Mm-hmm. Agree. I agree with the statement. <laughs> I think it was much harder. Um, for me personally, I didn't start transitioning until a few years ago. And I found it incredibly challenging. And it was more fear in my head than reality. Mm -hmm. So the fear that built up was insurmountable for me almost. It was so scary and petrifying. But then as I started coming out to people, it was, it became easier. So I agree. I think I agree with her in one respect, it's harder, but I think that's all more for me. It was more in my own head versus reality. Well, the other thing I would like to add is, and, and I think other people have experienced it too. I happened to, to trans, decide to transition finally after my spouse had died, my kids were grown, my grandkids were actually half grown. I was retired from work, and so I had a lot less um, fear going forward. I knew I was going to lose people, and I was fearful of that, but I didn't have the fears that so many of, of the uh, girls do when they're trying to transition early, and they know they could lose their jobs, they could lose uh, all kinds of relationships, mm -hmm. and they might never get them back, and so... Um, I, I think uh, I was lucky in that respect. So actually transitioning in an older age sometimes does have its benefit. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, um, I, I, yeah, transitioned, um, I transitioned when I was 68, three years ago. And <laughs> I wasn't even sure I was trans until my mid sixties. So mm -hmm. it, uh, 
So that's not even a, a decision, not even a thought that it, well, it probably crossed my mind. I just never gave any recognition to it. And uh, frankly, uh, if um, looking back, I don't know that I would change anything because that means I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have had my kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and it's, uh, I mean, it's water under the bridge and mm -hmm. it's, um, can't change the past. You can only mm -hmm. move forward. Mm -hmm. um, Georgette, you were a person that I believe did transition relatively early in your life. Um, did you have any thoughts on would it have been easier to wait or are you glad you did when you did? Oh, um, I think you're on mute, Georgia. Let me see if I can unmute you. Oh, there we go. Uh, I've been trying to get that chat conversation and I keep getting dual audio, so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, you were talking about earlier vice later? Yeah, so one of the things in the book that Annie was talking about is she thought it was harder to transition later and we, a couple of us girls who did transition in our 60s were you know commenting on that and I was saying you I believe transition earlier than that in your life so I was just kind of curious do you think that was positive that you transitioned earlier or would you have benefited from waiting I was just kind of curious kind of a counterpoint to what we were talking well, about for me there was no question of waiting <laughs> yeah I think once we figure it out it's like go <laughs> It's not it like, you know, um, <laughs> no, I, I never even gave that a thought. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, from my knowing other people, I can see we're doing it late in life. Uh, she primarily puts her book at, she says, 55 and plus, but I mm -hmm. think it's more along the line of, say, 45 and plus, mm -hmm. is there's a lot more um, to lose. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. because you right. probably established uh, uh, marriages, family, lots of friends, uh, long work experiences, things like that were mine because uh, I had not gotten married. So I had did not have that. Um, mm -hmm. I had only been working for a couple of years. Um, and because I was fairly new in this area, I didn't really have any old friends. So that mm -hmm. was not an issue. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was an opportune time. Oh, good. Yeah. And I but, think that's, oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. But the, the only negative is because it was so long ago, uh, there was not as much knowledge about everything. True. Yeah. Um, that was one thing, um, you know, throughout the book, she, well, one, she jumped into it without a lot of research and she talked about that a lot, but I got to thinking about that and her book was written, let's, well, it was written recently, but she was discussing events that took place 10, 12 years ago. And I got to thinking about that because that's when I was really starting to, you know, research stuff. And I was like, wow, there's not a whole lot out there. So I think she was kind of caught up in that as well. And I know your, your transition was even less information. So um, it's kind of like, just go and Hope it all works. So. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we had no online. You had a 
find what little you medical mm -hmm. books, things like that from uh, libraries, things like that, or uh, some of it was even what you might pick up on what you would call those, uh, the magazines from the senior mm -hmm. town, those kinds mm -hmm. of things, of just mm -hmm. finding other people, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's, it, and there wasn't as much of uh, options back then, wasn't mm -hmm. as many surgical centers back then. Um, it was all word of mouth and things like that. So it was definitely uh, different. Um, thanks, Georgia. Um, we have a new person joining us, Louise. Can you wave and say hello? Oh, I think you're on mute. You're on mute, Louise. Um, Bronwyn, do we have anybody? Um, Hello. Hi, Louise. Uh, do we have anyone on the Facebook that may have something pertinent to that question? I, I wanted to transition yeah. to something else, but wanted to check with yeah. you. Uh, Jerry, Jerry is, is saying that um, I thought it would have been nice to transition at a younger age, but I also think I was possibly meant to accomplish what I have in my mail form. Hmm. Good point. Yeah. Um, kind of along those lines, and, and Georgia made me think of this, was it's like a lot of us, once we said, I know who I am and I know what I want to do. And, and I know for me, I, I have several friends and they're like, oh my gosh, you went from A to Z in like 10 seconds. Um, I was very oh. focused. And one of the things, Annie, what I thought was interesting, she actually had a tr what she called a triggering event that made her focus on holy cow all this stuff i've been hiding and suppressing for so many years oh um louise louise um if you're listening via uh facebook we need to cut the sound off it's providing feedback I, I muted you for now um but she had this triggering event of a cancer diagnosis that really in her mind was kind of the wake up call to say, I got to figure out who I am and where I'm going because I'm older and I just had a kind of a near death experience. It turned out it was not that, but it was something that really made her think. And I was just curious, um, did, did, did we kind of just figure it out one day or was there did, did we have a triggering event that made us focus on it? It was, just, it was kind of an interesting thing. It took cancer to get her to figure it out. So I was just curious what you all thought. Bronwyn? Well, I, my triggering event was probably the death of my father. Mm, sorry. Well, that was, that's been about... I mean, sorry about your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was about uh, mm. five, six years ago. Mm. And it really got me re-examining everything. And mm. uh, kind of, I had been hemming and hawing, and 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 it in a, threw me in a in a depression spiral that I had to deal mm. with. Things. So it uh, it forced me to to look to re-examine everything. Was it that you felt? Um with your dad gone that it would be easier or did it make you say oh gee uh life is short or both um 
I don't think it was that simple. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm just it curious. Was like being hit, it was like being hit with a sledgehammer. Oh, okay. All right. And, and but, it's just shaking my foundations. Mm -hmm. But you could look back to that point, and that's what started it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. My anyone else? My mother had passed away many years ago. Oh, so. yeah. I, th I think for Maybe. me, well, for me, it wasn't really so much a triggering event as much as um, the death of my spouse sort of opened the gate. Mm -hmm. um, up until that time, I had been questioning myself for since I was 45, so about 20 years, mm -hmm. uh, over 20 years. And, um, but I never allowed myself to really think much about it because I had committed to a marriage and uh, however strange it may seem, I was committed that mm -hmm. if I'd been alive, I, I might not even be here today. So for me, it wasn't a triggering event as much as it was a, she opened the floodgates and then, but then just like somebody said earlier, or, or you said, went to A to B, it's mm -hmm. I realized, hey, I don't have much life left <laughs> and time left on this earth. And so I don't want to waste a lot of time mm -hmm. in this transition process. I needed to get right. it done. Agree. Uh, Miranda, you have your hand up. Would you like to say something? Yeah, my, mine is uh, very much a triggering event. Um, I, I was not selected to take the exact same job I actually had at the time. So I had sort of a career upheaval mm -hmm. um, at, that led to um, a, a, a piece of advice uh, mm -hmm. from a mentor to do some really deep personal introspection. And I was fortunate enough, I had had the opportunity away from most work to be able to do that uh, and really spend some serious weeks um, mm -hmm. really delving into and, um, and then serendipitously um, had the opportunity to literally get a makeover and see what this meant. You know, what yeah. are the things <laughs> I've thought about before and and kind of sort of, I think I've felt these things, but I, I didn't even realize that I'd spent my entire life repressing mm -hmm. all of it. Um, so mine was really not a, not a gate opening, like I've heard so many mm -hmm. folks say. Um, I'm not the one who would say, oh, I've known this since I was five. Um, mm -hmm. Nope, not at all. Except that, of course, you look back now and you go, Wow, this <laughs> right, definitely yeah. was a clue. I was not <laughs> playing detective at all. Um, right. So, but yeah, again, very much a triggering event as opposed to a gate. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. That that brings up a, a very good. You you actually mentioned something that I, I was curious about um, for input from everyone. Um, when I look back at that book, it was amazing. At first I said, wow, Annie really is a go-getter and has done all these things in life. And then I paused and I went, wait a minute, because it had some corollaries to my life. It was like, I worked my butt off. You know, my, in fact, she mentions working 80 hours a week. She quote, poured herself into her work. She even at an early age, she was in multi, I think nine sports or something like that in high school um, and went to multiple colleges, toured different countries and, you know, joined, was it the, I forget, one of, one of the branches of the service, I don't want to get it wrong, um, traveled to Japan, immersed herself in a new um, 
country had a couple different girlfriends. We'll maybe get to that in a minute. But mm-hmm. when I look back at that, I was thinking, was that, you know, all those changes and and travel and working. So was that part of her denial in a way? Because I know I experienced many times in my life where it was just like stuff it in a box. Like I can't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious what you all thought about her. And then did did you all have a corollary similarly? I I did, um, but it's sort of in reverse. I, once again, um, because I didn't allow myself to think about things, uh, until after my wife passed. I, I, I had these feelings, but I re- really didn't explore them. But I do now looking back in the, mm. in the past, I realized that a lot of my life's choices, you know, whether it was to decide to ride a motorcycle, to learn how to fly a plane, to scuba dive, uh, to, um, to become a police officer, to rise up through the ranks, all those things were done. And I realized that they were done to sort of stave off that Mm-hmm. That fear of being discovered as to be someone who mm-hmm. was different than what everybody knew me as. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Louise, we haven't heard from you. Do you have any yes. comments on that? Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I was just the opposite. I'm, I'm one of those primordial ones who was pushing against the envelope all my life <laughs> oh, since good. I was little. <laughs> But I made the mistake of being born in 1947, mm-hmm. so uh, a little bit tougher on you. Uh, a little bit tougher, and and I I think looking back now, uh, so much of my early life, I I wonder if I even thought I had a life, and you know, and I just didn't really didn't really care. I, I never, I thought that I was asexual, but I, I think it, it's just because it just had no relevance to my life, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, every few years I would, I would try to um, assert myself in some way and my my father did everything to deny it. One time he, um, he bought me a, a set of weights and there was no room for them in the house. So he left them out in the yard. Luckily somebody came along and stole them. <laughs> but the, that's the sort of thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he knew, and my mother knew all mm-hmm. the time. If, if I had been born, you know, 40 or 50 years later, um, it would have been obvious that I, I should have been a girl from mm-hmm. the beginning, but right. you know, and fi- finally, and of course, it was during the Vietnam era, so I, mm. the draft loomed, and so I, my mother had heard that it's it's better for you if you volunteer for the draft, which is what I did, and I. But I didn't go to Vietnam. I wasn't in combat. I, I wound up in um, Washington D.C. And, and did you know clerical work there. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got out and I took. I had graduated from high school and and college. I graduated from college, but I 
I was actually in basic training when when the uh, uh, graduation ceremony was going on from college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when I came out, I took some more courses through the GI Bill. And then I went to San Francisco because I, through my research, I'd learned that it's possible to transition there. And from there on, it, I was very lucky. I'm, it only took me two years to get a GRS and then I came back to Texas. And while I was there in San Francisco, I know I'm taking too much time, but when I was in San Francisco, it was possible to change my name on my social security card and get a California driver's license and my name and, and gender marker. And when I came back to Texas, I could use the California license to get a Texas license in my name and gender marker. Right. And, and I have my social security card. However, it took me another 40 years to be able to change my uh, birth certificate because I had to prove that I was the same person who was on the driver's license. And yeah. well, <laughs> it was a mess. Good. Well, good. Hey, Bronwyn, um, we were talking about, um, you know, that concept of, you know, pouring yourself into other things to distract you. Do we have any um, Facebook comments relating to that? Want to check in with our Facebook ladies every now and then. There's one comment from, that relates a little bit to what was said just a, just before that. Oh, okay. That's fine. From Jerry and, and they said, I feel I'm more like bi-gender and being 67 now, I felt it was time to spend whatever years I have left in my female persona. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, what, whatever you are, I'm all for yeah. people finding who they are, whatever that may be. And I'm also, one of my things I really tell everybody, it's like, don't worry about what you think people want you to be. Just be who you are, whatever that is. Yeah. So just be your true self. So, okay. Um, we had touched on, um, Hello. oh, well, actually, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you have something, Georgette? Yeah, um, I'm of a just a mite younger than Louise, but and just a little mm-hmm. younger than Brenwyn. But uh, for us, like I say, uh, the draft in the uh, late '60s was still very active. So mm-hmm. I also joined rather than taking a chance on getting drafted. Mm-hmm. And I had already been experimenting per se, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was able to live off base, I was able to do much more. Mm. And my, I, I always point to probably my breakout event was the fact that I got outed when I was in the Navy. And I had to come to terms with the psychiatrists and the security people on just who I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and forced uh, Because I, I, at the time when they said, oh, I have to go do this, I'm like figuring, oh my God, my life and career is over i mean Mm. who knows what's going to happen but uh they didn't really have much in the way of uh anything that they could point to at the time so i kind of got out and that forced me then when i did get out to say okay i really have to look into this and so that was my breakout event yeah wow that had to be scary 
like really scary. <laughs> um, but just oh, getting stopped by the police yeah. while dressed was bad enough. Mm -hmm. But then to get reported back to my superiors was. So um, one of the things that was interesting to me, and since a lot of us here right now, or uh, as I like to say, weren't born yesterday, um, Annie made a pretty controversial statement in her book at Towards the End. It said she believed post-transition, you need to learn to live as what she referred to as a mature widow. Get used to living alone. And I want to get some input on that, but it was interesting because I think there's some merits to that. I'm not, and I want to get input on that, but also I think that's with the overhang of she rushed into it. And much of the book, she talks about how she went into it without a good support system. So I'm just curious, do you think that you know, this concept of learning to live as a mature widow, being on your own, um, was that, is that what we're all experiencing to a degree or was it because she just rushed into it and had really no support system? So just curious what your thoughts are. Um, I found I really disagreed with her completely. Mm -hmm. I did and, too. <laughs> and there, were, there were a couple other things that I had problems with, with, with her attitude and things, but that's, mm -hmm. that's just my journey, not, mm -hmm. not hers. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel a real need to be in a, in a partnership with someone and it is something I'm striving for. And I've actually uh, had, uh, uh, some of you know, Liz, who's uh, one of, who is uh, Miranda's mm -hmm. sister, who mm -hmm. is, a, a, she's been my life coach and I'm, taking, mm -hmm. I'm doing her new session that she's starting soon. And uh, it's uh, the, the biggest thing is learning self-love. And I'm wondering if that's something that the, the author of, our, of the book didn't have was really, she didn't really love herself. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought it was kind of interesting because, I mean, I agree in one respect that, yeah, it's, it's different. And as an older lady, you have different challenges. But to me... It, I felt like she almost gave up. It's like, well, I have no friends. I have no support. It sounds like that to me. And, yeah. And it was just like, well, if somebody shows up, okay. Whereas to me, I just worked harder. I was like, well, I want to meet people. I want them to know the, the, the real me. And so, you know, do I have 8,000 friends? No, but the ones I have are very dear to me. Like, like Maggie, we're, we're best friends. And so, but we didn't find each other until we were had transitioned. So I kind of agreed and kind of didn't agree, um, it was just, but it was a very controversial statement. It's kind of like, okay, yeah. all you people transitioning, get ready yeah. to be lonely. <laughs> well, anytime you say that there is only one way to do things, <laughs> there's only one way to live your life at a, whatever point, mm -hmm. it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, think, I will I say think, this. Oh, go I ahead, Maggie. She okay. pointed all that out. Oh, I like the way she broke the book into basically the first half was her mm -hmm. journey. And then she went through the what she did during the transition. And then she gave a lot of thought on the pluses and minuses. Mm -hmm. uh, like she admitted sure. that she 
Yeah, maybe she kind of rushed into things like for yeah. her first uh, surgery and stuff like that because she was mm -hmm. in a hurry and and not really had a chance to investigate things. I think mm -hmm. that point of the book was pretty good because it shows that for for the times because this was I guess about 2017 I guess mm -hmm. that uh, things are keep evolving. There's mm -hmm. since she did it. There's much more. Uh, uh, things available, types of surgeries right, and things right, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, at that time, there was prevailing was just the, uh, as they say, the uh, one step or the two step. Uh, right. Where I went to the University of Virginia, they did the two step. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that was better or not, I have no way to <laughs> compare. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> and, but I, I think that's where she gives all her cautionary tales about it all is mm -hmm. to you, you need to look at these things if you're a later in life person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. actually what I got out of the book pre-transition. I didn't know what was fact or fiction or, you know, what was really going to happen, but it, it reading it made me think. And I think that's what I really got out of the mm -hmm. book. So uh, Maggie, you were about to say something. I, I was going to say that, <clears throat> well, I, I agree with, with Louise about the fact that there's not just one way. Um, what I drew from that statement, uh, well, let's say what I took from that statement that I applied to me was the sense that um, you, you're going to have to live your life. And, and, and I mean, I realized Brownwin is looking for another relationship. Well, I've, I found a relationship here. Uh, you know, it just happens to be with my best friend. Um, <coughs> but it's but the idea that you have to live with a man. Uh, or have a spouse in that respect and, mm -hmm. and in that sense you are because she's very right at at our age it's going to be a lot harder to find if you're interested in men it's very much harder mm -hmm. to find men who want to pay any attention to anybody your age at all mm -hmm. um and so for me i see myself developing more relationships with friends you know i've got a dozen little old ladies around my neighborhood <laughs> We are all, you know, we're all we're all widows in that respect. Right. Uh, and so um, I, I drew that from it. I didn't have to draw mm -hmm. that I had to be just a widow all the time. Well, that's a good perspective. Yeah. Okay. Well, part of mine is that my journey was quite a bit different from. Well, I've been cut off from my from my kids, and that's just beginning to change. Mm -hmm. So I had that void that has, has been there for the last three years and I was I was married for 34 years so it was uh, a good share of my adult life so it, it uh, so it, it's I'm, I live by myself now and, and I'm, I'm quite happy but it doesn't mean I'm gonna st I've stopped looking mm -hmm. just, it's just uh, you know, it's it's got to be somebody on my terms and right, and not on somebody else's like it was right. My, my marriage, so. Mm -hmm. And and there are a couple on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, let's yeah. take some of the Facebook. Okay. Um. There, there's a little bit of a time lag, so there's. Um, That's fine. We can go backwards a little bit. I understand. Yeah. I want to. I want to get everybody's input. Uh, Donna is saying. The first time she questioned, I questioned wanting to be a girl was when the Renee Richards story broke mm -hmm. uh, around 10. Second time was in college. 
third was when my brother died. So it sounds like there were triggering events yeah, there as yeah. well. And Jerry's put in again many years ago. I intentionally got a tattoo and grew a mustache and occasionally a scruffy beard to try to reflect my female feelings. Uh -huh. I was when I did those things and still am. I've been on estrogen now since late September. Yeah, I could I could relate a little bit to that. I had a uh, essentially a handlebar mustache all the way through handlebar. college. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, and uh, and had grown a beard after college, after I got out of the service. And uh, so it was kind of overcompensating, I would say, mm -hmm. in lots of ways. So. Yeah, I think all of us, or many of us, had those overcompensation tendencies. Yeah, I've, I've always uh, wondered about that. Uh, on Facebook, you have a lot of these groups. They like to do these before and after things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so many of the befores are this male with full beards and mustaches. Mm -hmm. So you really don't get an idea of what the person looks like. Mm -hmm. That does make a big difference of how you view people. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the after yeah. is like, and I was uh, since I didn't do that, my thing was is it was that a way of masking yourself? So because mm -hmm. you didn't want to see what you looked like, yeah. or was it just or mm -hmm. was it that idea of manning up? Because a lot of the people that I know that were in the military, a part of it was sometimes was the idea of well, I'll go in the military, I'll become this gung ho type, and mm -hmm. uh, that'll push me through. I I, I don't know how many people are. Mm -hmm personally familiar with Kristen Beck, the mm -hmm. uh, SEAL, uh, but I've talked to her many times mm -hmm. over the years because she used to live local to me. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so here she was doing all that, mm -hmm. what she would relate in her books and experiences of on the times when she could have some of her own time, she was still experimenting with it. Mm -hmm. So it never really went away. Yeah, right. there's, there's a, a friend of mine here locally, uh, she's uh, transitioned about the uh, about 25 years ago, but uh, she's taken on she had taken on dangerous occupations, yeah. and and would she was a uh, well when she was an EMT she would run in and and do the some of these rescues and things where she really she, she got chewed out later in a in a and then in that time period too she tried to commit suicide several times mm. so it was as though she were looking for some way to yeah but eventually she said it was she got to realize that she was looking for a way to mm -hmm. do away with herself without mm. doing it herself so wow oh my gosh well we're glad she didn't yeah. um yeah. um so the book in the very, well, it, it talks about it, the title is It Never Goes Away. And in the, the preface to the book, now this was another interesting thing that I really had to think about a lot. Um, and in the preface, the first paragraph, it, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it says it never goes away. And then it goes on to, you know, because I mean, it talks about all the buildup and the stuff getting to transition but then her point is when she says it never goes away her point is it's just beginning and so i was kind of curious what everybody's take on that is because she goes on about saying well there's always a piece of me that still has 
you know, if you want to call it dysphoria or, or something, you know, it's, it's never really yeah. left. Or right. And I was just kind of curious for those who have transitioned, do you feel it went away? And, or, no. or do you feel there's still little piece kind of hanging on to you? I was just kind of curious what everybody's thoughts Yeah. Were. And I've, I've been uh, stealth for uh, 44 years. Mm -hmm. And, and um, uh, you know, uh, it does, it does not go away. Um, I've pretty much passed as it were. There have been some times with the uh, drive-in uh, restaurants that I've had problems with the mm. microphone or with the, uh, you know, about, you know, the uh, speakers and all. I, mm. I think that's a technical problem though, but uh <laughs> But that hasn't happened in a long time, so maybe I'm doing better. But um, you know, I am constantly trying to improve. Hmm. Um, I kind of, after, since retiring uh, in 2012, I've I've kind of gone into a renaissance. Uh, <laughs> I, I I wish I'd known uh, all my you know 40 years ago what I know now. But I always thought that, well, I, I've gone as far as I can go. I was off hormones for years and years. I didn't think that they would have had any more effect. And I, I only learned, you know, like five or six years ago from watching YouTube that I, I probably, you know, probably would have had an easier time of it. Mm. But I still, I still got by, you know, I, I was able mm. to get a job and, and uh, interact with people. And, but, uh, you know, I think if I'd known what I know now, I could have been stunning at the age of 30. <laughs> well, and I, I, I had, all of us here are beautiful, I, I so had, don't worry about I that. I have had uh, development in the last four or five years. This is, this is all me except for a bra, but... Um, very nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm still working on the hips, so that's that's my uh, that's the tough my one. big problem. That's the tough one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I need to reduce the belly. Yeah. Um, that uh, my partner and I, um, mm -hmm. we kind of retired from any activities with the local uh, mm -hmm. LGBT. There was no actual LGBT back mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. about '85 till she died. Mm -hmm. And uh, between working, traveling, uh, just, uh, you know, all that other stuff, I never really even thought about the, of my past per se mm -hmm. or whatever. And it wasn't until I came back out and now at an older age where I'm having to go into doctors for this <laughs> or that, and now I have to explain why my... Uh, internals are not what they should be <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah because uh you know it's it's an, a thing that you know sometimes like when i went to get my first mammogram they you know they when was the last time you had your period when was the last time you yeah. you're taking hormones and all this and it's like a lot of those are and i would have to explain to them uh, mm. well no i've yeah. never had one uh, i did take hormones many years ago but i don't you know those mm -hmm. kinds of things uh, the last time I had to get an ultrasound for a my abdomen 
And one of those for women is what they call the transvaginal ultrasound, mm -hmm. which is where they take, I guess, I didn't, I explained to her how I was different. And she said, well, no, you probably don't have to do that because that's <laughs> where they, they can take and they can view all your internals, the cervix and the fallopian yeah. tubes and the uterus and hope to see yeah. what their physical condition is. So it's, you know, here I am at 70 years old and I'm having to talk to this young 30 something tech and explaining all this. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like I tell people is being transgender is a lifetime sentence. You're yeah. never going to get away. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It never ends. Uh, oh, Brian. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't hide it from anybody, but uh, I mean, I, I generally, I, I pass until I get irritated with somebody and then my voice drops yeah <laughs> to a very deep bass which is actually can be pretty useful sometimes mm -hmm. um but um but i'm also involved quite a bit in the local community as as an advocate and in local politics and stuff so it's it all depends on what on your environment yeah. and um i'm hardly I don't remember the last time I was actually clocked in public that where it made a difference. And uh, and just just recently, uh, well, yesterday would have been my mother's 90th birthday, and I was posting mm -hmm. a picture of her. And and I look was looking at it, and I then I posted a picture of myself next to it, mm. and big resemblance so it, it yeah. that, that was really a positive enforcement so mm -hmm. it's, when i visited my mother in the nursing home before she died the staff said i really looked like her yeah, yeah. i think, yeah. So I, think that, I did um brahma before we go to facebook um miranda you've been quiet tonight did you have anything to add to that about the it never goes away even later in life Really, my, the biggest takeaway for me really was that I felt she didn't really address the whole it not going away. To me, mm -hmm. there was right. not a lot of, of, of discussion of that, um, that yeah. self-discovery um, mm -hmm. that, hey, no matter how much you try to put it in the closet, purge it, whatever, it ain't going away. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was disappointed by the whole book, and I, I didn't want to jump in with that that blanket statement there. But the book bothered me, uh, to be completely yeah. honest. Oh, well, well, why um, did, from, I'm curious from the why title did it on. Yeah. Oh, really? So and, you and didn't now, like any of it? Oh my god! And gosh. to be clear, I listened to it. I didn't read it. Ah, um, thank you and, for saying that, because I was which, afraid. To, which, I was afraid and, to mention that it was well, so dull listening to her audio book. Well. And, and, and I say that because Liz and I discussed this and she read it and I listened to it. Um, the biggest takeaway from me, I, I was actually put off by a great deal of the, uh, a great many statements in the book yeah. that were so definitive black and white. This is what you will experience. Now, wait a second. In the entire book, I think maybe three times you made a conditional statement. Hey, this might be what you experience. Mm -hmm this yeah. may occur. But then the other 97% of the time, oh. it was all, this is how it's gonna be, be prepared to be a lonely widow. 
yeah. what yeah you mean maybe be prepared for that yeah you know that's i i took some offense to some of that and and to be i i'm not gonna lie i i i know i get judgmental uh of people yeah. but i put that together with I'm taking this advice from somebody who is dumb enough to think they could start HRT <laughs> and not tell their wife. What are you uh, kidding yeah. me? I, I just, that was mind blowing to me. Um, and, oh, and we're going to start with FFS. Really? Yeah. Where was your head? Um, I just was, I was, I was not impressed. Um, and uh, she's, so she's yes, so smart. She's insanely intelligent, accomplished person. Uh, but at the same time, almost too smart for your own good mm, um i almost thought um yeah. uh so so for me it was it was it was tough to listen to oh, I'm um, sorry. i actually fast forwarded through the middle two chapters for someone here for someone who a description of the surgery yeah. um yeah. hey thanks we get it you could have covered that in a <laughs> yeah chapters yeah. worth of detailed surgical instruction um, so click, we're, we're, we're fast forwarding through that. And for someone as capable as she is to, to come to a conclusion at the end that she's just kind of giving up, just, it's kind of strange yeah. to me. But it's, it's interesting, several of us had that um, strong reaction. I mean, there were points in it that I felt were you know, unusual too, as you said, Miranda, taking a very, you know, black and white approach. But when I think back of all the thousands of books, and I believe I've read thousands about <laughs> being trans, every one of them has something I don't agree with. So I looked at it from a different perspective that this is just one more data point. And I maybe didn't agree. Oh, sure. You know, but, you know, it's, it's funny. I think we're all in search of that perfect book. <laughs> so, um, oh, hey, Bronwyn, um, well, we're starting to get closer to nine. We're going to try to wrap up around it. Do we have any any Facebook points? Yeah, we yeah there's, there's a couple in here that are. Okay, well, let's go on those. Um, uh, Jerry has another one. Uh, for me, it was intentional repression by doing those things. I had too many responsibilities and felt I couldn't put my marriage and family in jeopardy. The kids are now grown and out of the house. Mm -hmm. And Renee said, yes, I had lots of issues with it as well. And I think she's referring to the book. And I personally had some issues with the book and actually with the lack of any, of her showing any support for the community since she wrote the book. Mm -hmm. There's so many authors out there that have written books mm -hmm. that are, that are still point. out there acting as advocates for the community and it's just like she just disappeared and i know she's still alive mm -hmm. and that's her that's her choice but if you yeah, write yeah. a book if you write a book especially one that was as popular as hers i feel you have a responsibility mm -hmm. to the community to continue to advocate for it and i know there's going to be people that disagree but that <laughs> that's that's just my opinion and georgia disagrees <laughs> i know i know some people um, want to be private. Some people mm -hmm. want to be public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you're writing a book, you've already declared that you're being private. Like, like somebody yeah. said, there's hundreds of these books. Mm -hmm. Everybody has got a, it's like a way mm -hmm. of documenting your life. Yeah. So just publishing the book is not in itself. And apparently she does go to conferences and stuff like that. Yeah. And when people will do it, she will, just like I do, 
I don't announce it to the world. I'm not an activist, but in my yeah. local LGBT group, I very much am an advocate and and push out to all that. It's yeah. where you want to do it. In the general public, it's none of their damn business what I am. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 understand, I understand time, that. Time out. Time out. Um, we only have, I want to take another five minutes and then I have some, and I didn't mean to jump in. It was a good discussion, but let's each of us, if you can just have one takeaway, and it can be positive or negative from that book. When you step back from this book, mm -hmm. what was the most important thing you took away? And it can, again, it could be positive or negative. We'll go around and then we'll start wrapping up. But I was just curious, just uh, Miranda, you're on the top left of my screen, Miranda, so I'm gonna start with you. Sorry to pick on you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I don't remember specifically, I do remember something about relationship with um, family. Um, mm -hmm. that that struck that struck a chord with me um and and something if I, I don't remember it perfectly but something about um giving giving everybody their own time and space um to to uh, to come to terms and to come back to you potentially if mm -hmm. they had started with you know giving you the heisman mm -hmm. yeah uh georgia what was the uh, number uh, one takeaway? Like say, the first part was that autobiographical stuff, which is to me, a lot of been there, done that, mm -hmm. similarities, things like that. But I, I, for at least 2017, a lot of what she put out uh, I, in the last half of the book, I thought was, you know, some common sense advice. Mm -hmm. um, and she realized that she had made this decision, one that, yes, yeah, she had marriage, but she never had children. And uh, so here she is, no, no partner. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, she's got her own life and apparently not much of a family at all. Mm -hmm. and, that, uh, and that does happen to people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. my, my partner, her mother and sister refused to barely even speak to her in her, in my, her mother's later days. And that, mm -hmm. that does not go away sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bronwyn, uh, what was your number one takeaway? Well, I um, my background is in the sciences, so I, I really mm -hmm. appreciated her scientific and medical perspective because mm -hmm. um, she was uh, a well-educated consumer, I would say. <laughs> but I really disliked very much, extremely, because she showed what social class she was from mm. with inherited money, uh, well-to-do, able to afford anything that she wanted done to herself mm -hmm. without even thinking twice about it. Mm -hmm. And there are many of us, including myself, that would never be able to afford the, the facial surgeries mm -hmm. that she went through. Mm -hmm. Right. And, so Unrela she was unrelatable to a majority of the trans community. Yeah, and, and then there's been so many other people that have written their stories that that were much more close. To me, it 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 was almost a little too perfect <laughs> at times. Um, 
and um, you know, and, and you know, and um, she was she was still acting like a uh, white cis male in a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I see somebody just popped that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maggie, what was your takeaway? Well, it was something that actually we didn't discuss much, and um, I kind of was curious at other people's opinions. You made a comment in there at one point, you know, and I basically the way I understood it was that she was saying that after you've done all the physical transformations and things like that, that that transition still continues. Um, and I, I'm not talking about the fact that, that it never goes away. We talked about that. It's the idea that um, you're still going to be developing your life. And she, I think she said five years. Uh, I read something mm -hmm. in Heaven from somebody who just contributed uh, the other, you know, a couple of weeks ago was saying that it takes several years afterwards. And um, she was pointing to the relevance of, of making sure that you perhaps should live some of this life beforehand, before you make those decisions as what you want to do physically. But yes, that we, um, that even though we've gone, you know, through most of the physical transformations that we're going to go through, um, we're not done yet. Yeah. Louise, what was your biggest Okay, thing? well, I, I, I did feel that she was, she was aloof and, and, hard to um, relate to, as has mm -hmm. been said before. Mm -hmm. And I, ha having listened to the audio book, uh, Cassandra said she, she read the book twice. Maybe if I'd read it in print, I would have liked it better. Uh, <laughs> be because as a spokesperson, um, she was not, she was not relatable as far mm. as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah, that's something we might want to explore at a later date. The, I mean, on a, on a different uh, topic, just the benefits of listening versus reading. Um, I have some own thoughts on that, but that, that's an interesting, both you and Miranda had the more uh, or less positive views on that, and both of you listened to it. So it's just kind of an interesting observation. Um, my biggest takeaway, just real quick, was it just became so clear from you know, halfway through the book to the end that you cannot go into this without doing more homework, having a support system, et cetera. As I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, girl, you're making all these mistakes. And um, so to me, I'm hoping whoever may read this in the future will get that from reading this. Just please take an extra minute, make sure you have a support system on the back end and it is important. Um, I want to wrap up in just a minute, but Brahman, do we have any final, final Facebook comments? I, I don't want to forget our ladies out there. Well, I just asked if anybody had any takeaways and no one's answered. Okay. But, um, just an observation. I, I remember one author friend of mine telling me the worst thing for an author to do is to read their own audio book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that was the problem. With, with few exceptions. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. I really enjoyed the participation tonight, and I'm also glad that we some of our ladies were able to participate by Facebook. I know it's a little bit harder, but I want to thank Bronwyn for helping with that, and hopefully your comments and questions were getting across um, as best they could. Um, 
Cassandra will be sending out a poll soon um, that we'll talk about or getting a poll from club members on what our next book should be. Uh, I think our next book club will be in March of 2022. Uh, presumably you'll have a new host. You're probably tired of me by now. So we'll, we'll make sure you get a different person just to have some variety. Um, next week, I have an announcement. So that'll be a club member only event. It'll be on Zoom, but it'll be Zoom only. It won't be streamed. It won't be recorded. It'll just be a social for our club members on Zoom. So it's basically, you know, have fun, get crazy, but it, it, it's all kind of just with your fellow sisters. Um, it will be in addition to a, our year end holiday social. Um, it'll also be a clothing swap. So if it's not required, but if you have something that you think a fellow sister might benefit from, it's your chance to, you know, show it and perhaps another sister might reach out to you and, you know, work out something that you can swap. It can be jewelry, wigs, um, shoes, it can be whatever. It's just something that you know a fellow sister would enjoy. So you don't have to do that. And if you just want to join in and just have fun then get your favorite beverage and put on your holiday ugly sweaters and <laughs> get ready for a fun time so that'll be next tuesday and that will be our last my feminine heart event for 2021 sure, our sure. next one will be january 4th um and believe it or not that will be the beginning of season three of My Feminine Heart. It's just amazing how time has flown, but it'll be our third, starting our third year together. And we just keep growing and getting more sisters. It's been great. And before I say goodbye, I wanted to say on behalf of all the sisters of My Feminine Heart, we want to send out a, a special thank you here at the end of the year to Cass, who has just done so much for our community. And we just, let's all give them. Yeah. Big, big applause for Cass because she's just so wonderful and does so many great things. So thank you, Cass, so much from all of us. Um, so for now, thanks again for joining us. Oh, oh George, George you can I ask a quick question? Those that sure. heard the audio book, uh -huh. uh, Vice actually reading it, uh, I prefer to read because I can skim a lot mm -hmm. faster than, I, I hate listening to like on the, computer where they have these audio things because you have mm -hmm. to go at their pace right and it, it, is it that they're they're the pacing is off for you or mm -hmm. is it a monotone type of voice where they don't do emphasis and things oh there is also... there is a speed setting you can use oh well we we can chat about that okay that, that, those are good points but we're trying to wrap up now. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to say thanks again for everyone joining us. Happy holidays to everyone. Love to all and good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.